absolutely. It's like a little Rams, not only pre and post game, Morales, you know this, but halftime show as well. Kirk, I don't like that they disrespect our halftime hits. <laughs> they always tease us about the pre, half, and post, but you know what? They're listening. They're listening to That's, That's right. All. That's right. Well, I, when I went on with uh, Key, Jay, Will, and Zubin the other day, uh, I, I, I forget, I think maybe it was Jay, Will, or Zubin, I forget, said, yeah, he does the halftime, or he does the pregame and the postgame for the Rams, and Key very quickly corrected them, don't forget the halftime. Don't forget too. the so halftime. Key, Key's got our back. <laughs> Key, Key has got our back for sure. All right, so we've spent a little time, Kirk, talking about food tonight, right. as we do on the night show. And I asked Slee with this question the other day, and it didn't go his way. His response was inauthentic, and it revealed a side of him that, quite frankly, I don't like. Uh Uh And so I'm going to ask you the same question. And and I have have confidence in you. I'm not worried at all about what your answer is. I'm I'm curious, but I'm not worried about it. Because when I asked Slee this, he started using some language and some vernacular that very clearly meant he was unfamiliar with the product. Are you ready? Yes. What is your in-and-out order? Ooh. That's hard, Travis. <laughs> okay. That is very difficult, Travis. Um, are we are we saying like seasonal, out of season? It like- doesn't matter. Just you're, you're tonight after the show, you're gonna swing through in and out, and you're gonna order what? Okay. Now that the country's like opening back up, and I gotta start trying to get the get, move the dad bod away, try to start getting like summer ready. <laughs> okay. I'm going. Wow. So I know my wife, she's a protein style okay. burger. That's yeah, the so she may wrap. do the yeah, a little double double um protein style. I usually it just depends you gotta catch me at a certain time, Travis, because if I'm doing no cheese, I can't do the flying Dutchman with grilled onions. Or you can do a double <laughs> okay, see, flying look, Dutchman. You, you've okay? already answered the question correctly, by the right. way, because you've said protein style, you said the flying the, the flying Dutchman. You know the the menu. You're oh fine. man, so I'm talking I, about I'm double. I'm talking okay about double double no bun. I can I, mean, I can do the, the the double double just spread only. I can do the animal fry. Um, sometimes what I really like I said what I'm really trying to get on when I'm in my you know, my just just protein. I'll go just straight six meat patties with grilled onions. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> so Damn. six, but it sounds it, But it, it sounds like a lot, but it's actually just just those the the, the meat patties with a little grilled onions on Are them. We're not doing any like fries a in, the, in that bag. Is the is the Morrison bag leaving without fries? Yeah. So now the kids love the fries. Kids go ham on the fries, Travis. I don't yeah. do. I do fries sometimes. I may do like a half an animal fry. Another okay. thing that you really have to try, though, Travis, I'm telling you, try four meat patties with the chilies, though. They get oh, some yeah, little no, chilies. So. You put yeah. them on top. Yeah. But, yeah, if, if you okay, my order tonight to answer your question, if I was going to In-N-Out tonight, I would order um, just a regular fry, two Flying Dutchmans <laughs> with grilled onions, and I'll be good. That <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I'm a double-double animal style with chopped chilies. I- I'm a pretty standard, mm. no matter what it is, no matter what, what we're doing. I'm not worried about beach bod. That's a, that's a thing of the past. I don't really <laughs> do that, so we're, we're good. You answered that question much better. Sleeve was like, well, a double cheeseburger, but you know, <laughs> maybe sauce, and he was struggling hard. It was it was a bad look for I've for tried Sleeve. everything on the menu, Travis. I remember well, one time I just, I just wanted to try it once. Yeah. I just tried it once. I did this before. I went four by four. I just wanted Ooh. to try it. It's a lot. It's a lot. But <laughs> I went four by four, and I've never done it again. I just had to try it, though. You know what I mean? 
Like I tried it one time, and that was it. Um, All right, I'm gonna, I got to tell you a quick yeah. story. On the heels of you confessing that you've tried a four by four, I'm going to yeah. tell a story. I've told this a couple of times, but I feel like now is the time to tell it again. <laughs> when I was in college, uh, I had, was out at a party, yeah, and and we had a new teammate that had transferred in from uh, the University of Arizona, and and he and I didn't know each other very well, but we're both kind of heading out of the party at the same time, and in in Santa Barbara, for people that don't know. You don't really drive anywhere. You ride your bike everywhere. That's right. kind of the way mm-hmm. that you get uh, from point A to point B in, in Isla Vista and Santa Barbara. And so I'm heading out, and he's heading out. And I said to him, I said, hey, uh, I'm going to go grab something to eat. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I said, okay, we're gonna, let's go hit Freebirds, which is this burrito place in, in Isla Vista. And so we go in there, and we get burritos. And they're pretty healthy-sized burritos. They're, they're big. They're, they're very satisfying. So we oh, yeah. eat these giant burritos. And we're walking back out of the place. We walk back over to our bikes, and right across the street from Freebirds is a subway, right? Mm. And, and and I said to him, and again, it's late, and we'd been at a party. I can't stress that part enough. And so we just finished these burritos, and I look at him and say, you know what? This is going to sound crazy, but I could go over there and eat a sandwich right now. <laughs> and and he gets real serious, and he looks at me, and he goes, are you into that sort of thing? <laughs> Like we were talking about doing drugs or some some really weird. Like he goes, "Are you into that sort of thing?" And I said, "Well, yeah, kind of." And we went across the street and ate giant sandwiches. So that's <laughs> when you start talking about four by fours, you understand where I'm coming from. Absolutely, man. You just got to try it, man. Just go out and do it, man. Forget it. Just have fun and you worry about it the next day. So, Kirk, let me ask you this: Are you into that sort of thing? <laughs> I have a feeling you might be. I'm into that sort of thing, man. Trust me, man. <laughs> Trust me. I've, I've I've had to, Travis. Uh, I think look, because I said everyone has a different order. Like, uh, like I said, my my uh, my son who's six, he doesn't like anything. He just wants straight meat patties. That's mm-hmm. it. He wants straight meat patties and ketchup. My daughter, she's the the double double spread only. And actually, if you tell them, they'll cut it into fourths for her. So she likes a little triangle slices, you know. Of it. So, oh yeah, yeah, like you know, it's, it's one of the, one of the staples here in the Morrison homes. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. All right, so coming up this weekend, we get another version of the NBA All Star Game. This one obviously is going to be a little different for all of the uh, pandemic reasons that we've unfortunately become kind of accustomed to at this point. I- I get why guys didn't want to go, but I get why they're doing it anyway. This is kind of the price of being a megastar in the NBA, that every once in a while you're going to have to go do something that maybe you don't want to do, and that includes the All-Star game. And you can see yesterday when they were picking the teams, LeBron was having fun with it. Giannis (laughs) was having fun with it. You can just tell that I know they'd rather have a little vacation in the middle of the season, a little time off, rest your body, but you can tell the competitive juices are going to start to get flowing. The guys were into it. Yeah, I mean, they got a little bit of money in there as well uh, that's behind it, so... Um, you know, you have that aspect of it. It actually, it's not the NBA All Star Weekend. It's like NBA All Star Day. You know, my mom's kept saying she kept saying. Uh, first of all, shout out to my mom. Her birthday's tomorrow. Happy sixty fourth, mom. Just wanted to give you Happy a little birthday, early shout mom out, Morrison. But she was saying like, yeah, I can't wait to watch the dunk contest on my birthday. I said, uh, <laughs> nah, that's not happening. She was like, they're not having it. I said, what? you better gear up. Go grab you some popcorn. Go use the restroom a couple times. It's going to be a long Sunday. They trying to pack <laughs> a whole all. weekend in yeah. one day. <laughs> they want everybody there. So it's a little marathon edition. But look, the NBA, they had to have it. 
Um, I think the players understand it. Like, hey, we have to do this is for the fans. Um, I think it's lightened up. I think over the last couple of weeks is the country's starting to open up a little bit more. But, you know, when LeBron speaks, we all listen. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, look, him being the only Laker, I understand the rest of his teammates get to go relax and he's got a commitment to the league. But when you're the face of the league, LeBron understands like, all right, I got to be there. Even if I just won a championship, was the MVP, like, sorry, LeBron, this, this train is going to keep on moving, man. You got to stay on board. You know, I, I, I am 100% in the bag for LeBron James. I am just an unabashed LeBron James fan, Homer, mm-hmm. Stan, whatever you want to call me. I'm, I'm, I love LeBron, but this is an example of him being a victim to his own success. Really? The man never mm-hmm. misses a game. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. He finally took the game off against uh, Sacramento right before before the break right. just to give himself a little time because he's going to play in the, because he basically plays every night. He'll, he'll take a game off here or there, but he's playing 75 to 80 games a year. Right. He plays deep into the playoffs every single year, just about over 18 seasons. He's been in the finals 10 times. He plays in the Olympics. He plays in every All-Star game. So the, 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 I get why he wants some time off, but he never takes any time off. The, the time to take some time off is against the Sacramento Kings, is against the Atlanta Hawks here and there, to take a game where, you know, your air quotes ankle is bothering you a little bit. He mm-hmm. doesn't do that. He's just a machine. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, he's going to punch the clock. And, you know, not everybody's body's made the same. You know, I had a strength coach who used to always tell me, know your body, know what your limits are. I think LeBron knows his body very well. He knows what his limits are. And I think Tom Brady has kind of showed us as well that we, so many people, yes, when it comes to age, we're going to say, you know what? Father time is undefeated. We understand that part. But for some, it may not always be the same. Like some people's bodies age differently mm-hmm. when we've seen that before. Because so we're so quick to want to throw Tom Brady away. And I'm like, the dude is playing better than half the quarterbacks, if not three quarters of the quarterbacks in the NFL. All right, LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA, and we keep saying, well, if he keeps playing as many minutes, he's going to be too old. Like, he's not getting old. He's getting better. I'm more about what happens in three, four years when he doesn't have to be the best player in the league, and he's still one of the top ten players in the league, right? Like, think about it. When he wants to just say, you know what? I'm no longer a guy who has to do everything. I'm just going to be a straight facilitator. I'm not playing any defense. I'm not going to do this side. I'm just going to be a point guard. He can do that for two or three years if he wanted to. I don't see this train going. I I don't think he's just going to fall off a cliff at all in terms of uh, just his body breaking down. Like He knows his body better than we know it, and he trains for it year-round. I think he knows what he's doing, and that's why I give him all the confidence or I have all the confidence in him that he can continue to play at this pace and at this rate. Yeah, I, I don't think he's doing the uh, four by four and no, the, uh, oh, burrito no. and the sandwich. That's, no, that's no, not no. his deal at all. Mm-hmm. He's going in a different direction. One more. It says, uh, Trav and Kirk started to dim the lights when you started telling the story. Then when you asked Kirk if he was into that sort of thing, I lit some candles. This is getting real sensual, and I like it. <laughs> Take it easy, John. We're talking about sandwiches and burritos. You don't need to make it weird. <laughs> we just don't need to do that at all. All right, we'll put that aside. I want to get – this is a big day, Kirk. It is 
March 5th. Today is the day that Coming to America 2 comes out, which means it's time to talk Eddie Murphy movies. That's coming up next. It's Travis and Sliwa. Kirk is in for Slee on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The best part is that Chris is as offended as he should be. It, it, it didn't make oh, any man. sense at all, right? Wait, In-N-Out has pickles? Well, if you get animal style, they'll give you some pickles. Yeah, you got to ask for them. They don't come standard, but they, they're in the restaurant, and they're hmm. available if you ask for them. I didn't even know. With, yeah. with animal style, like, I just you know, give it animal style, but I didn't and, know you could just say get a yeah. burger with just pickles. Yeah, they'll throw the pickles on it because the animal style is, right, is the uh, the pickles, the mustard, and they cook the right. patty and the mustard and get the chopped chilies on there. That's not the animal style portion, but you understand. Yeah, I understand, but I just was never just thinking like, – I just was standard. Okay, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to go now? Yep. <laughs> all right, so uh, today, Coming to America 2 comes yeah. out, right? Um, I'll be honest. When I heard that that was coming out, I was a little skeptical because Coming to America is arguably the best Eddie Murphy film that he made. That it's just it, – it's classic. It's been out forever. It's one of those things you see it on TV, you stop, you watch it all over again. It's still unbelievably funny. I, I put this Twitter poll up. You can actually still go vote on it. We've had uh, nearly 1,000 votes so far today. The favorite Eddie Murphy movie of the listeners, Kirk, and I gave him three choices, Coming to America, 48 Hours, Beverly Hills Cop, and then mm. they could write in one of the others. Uh, Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop are in a flat-footed tie. They both yeah. have 37.5%. Uh, 48 Hours, which is my choice, only has 13%, and then the other writing comments come in at about 12%. Tons of trading places, a lot of Bowfinger, some mm-hmm. Norbit <laughs> along the way, Harlem yeah. Knights got some votes, The Golden Child. What about you, Kirk? What's your favorite Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah, I would have to go with, um, obviously, Coming to America. That, that was the yeah. one that just, for just, <laughs> just so many pieces of that movie and so many different characters that he did. I mean, like he was kind of the, the guy who started it. You know, in terms of being himself, but yet playing different characters. You know, and it was just like, I honestly, I, I'm trying to figure out when did I know that the people in like the barbershop of coming to America were actually <laughs> not Eddie Murphy. Like, right. I, you know, like I thought they were like real, like real people. I mean, like I think the white guy who's playing that's uh, Eddie Murphy Chess, too. I, I had no idea that was Eddie Murphy. Like when I first saw the movie, I'm like, he's he just he was so good at those um you know those parts of it but then in terms of other movies that i th- like you got to throw life in there with martin lawrence to yeah me, that, that got was some a good votes. one yeah that was an iconic one um you know with the kids and doing the whole dr doolittle thing that was mm-hmm. one you know what's um, funny shrek is really funny you know what that is quietly one that no one talks enough about yeah because I mean, you get to what? I mean, how many Shreks? I got three of them, right? At least I, I kind of checked out after the first one, but the first one was great. Um, I, but the 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 Golden Child that you mentioned that was that's one that you got to be a hardcore Eddie Murphy fan, yeah. for that one because not a lot of people saw the Golden Child. I did. I loved it. 
Are you worried about coming to America too? Because I'm not going to like Eric. I'm really deeply worried because uh, be, the, the bar yeah. is so high. Yes. And Eddie and Arsenio were so great in that movie that it's been, gosh, it's been 30 years. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just wonder if the expectations could ever be met. Yeah, and I, I got to see it for myself. I'm seeing mixed reviews. I'm trying to stay off social media for somebody ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people say, hey, not mad at it, pretty good. Uh, but it's so hard to, man, you know, outside of what, maybe like Godfather 2 or, you know, just certain movies that part two, it, it, it very rarely surpasses what you saw in one. You know what I mean? Uh, like, almost never. It just almost because yeah. like, you have expectations of what you saw in part one, and you're like, "Oh man!" Like you remember when Hangover One came out? We we're like, "Oh my god!" I can't <laughs> wait for Hangover Two. I can't uh-huh. wait. And then you saw Hangover Two, you're like, "Uh, uh yeah." What a... And then I've Hangover Three was just was like rushed, way too yeah. rushed. Yeah. And they were trying to force it down our throat. I'm like, "Look, dude, let's just stop." Like, come on, man, I'm done. Yeah. I. I don't want them to disrespect the memory of coming to America, much like LeBron disrespected the Utah Jazz, which is <laughs> which is what he says he did not do yesterday. Keep in mind, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were the last two players to come off the board in the All Star draft yesterday. Take a listen to LeBron because he very clearly wanted to make a uh, make a point that he was not trying to disrespect the Utah Jazz. Listen to this. I just want to say something because there's no slander. There's no slander to the Utah Jazz, but you guys got to understand. You guys got to understand, just like in video games growing up, we never played with Utah. Even as great as Carl Malone and John Stockton were, we would have never picked those guys in video games. Never. LeBron, this is the video game. Hold on. I, I got. Oh, so we know. We got to yeah. leave it right there. No, we got to no, take it. No, no, you can say something. I got to say one thing. LeBron says. I really need some size. And he got seven five people there. Right. And he goes with six two Sabonis. Are you kidding me? I was like, I need some size. Uh, we'll be go there seven five. He takes a six two guy. Yeah, I mean, it 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 wasn't maybe disrespectful, but it, what it was was earned disrespect because he's right. right. No one ever – look, you, you grew up being a football player. Right. You grew up in the Bay Area. You ended up playing for one of the most iconic franchises in all of sports and, oh, by the way, your hometown team of the Raiders. Yep. I grew up in L.A., wanted to play for the Dodgers. Never happened for me, but the Dodgers are an iconic team. No one's ever grown up wanting to be a member of the Utah Jazz. That's never happened, ever. No one ever wanted to play the Jazz in a video game. That's never happened, ever. The second Carl Malone got a chance to leave, he decided to leave and come to the Lakers. Nobody wants to be a member of the Jazz. Come on, man. No, man. They're a regional team. They're in their region. Right. <laughs> like out, not, not many people outside the state of Utah can say, man, those days, man, with Stockton and Malone and Hornacek, like, oh, not many people – can say they were a diehard fan. So, no, I, I get it, though, because when I did play NBA Jam, nobody – yeah, I'm just saying John Stockton and You played Carl the Bulls. Malone. No, the Bulls yeah. The- <laughs> You're playing the Bulls. I mean, I even go with the Mavericks back then when they had, like, Derek Harper. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I was doing, like, the Knicks used to have yeah. – what is it? The Suns Ewing weren't bad and, either. And Starks. Yeah, the Suns yeah. weren't bad but with Marley. Yep. So, like, yeah, like, come on, man. No, no one used the Utah Jazz. And I think, honestly – even though they do have the best record in the NBA, though, Travis, that's the reason why people don't even have faith in them, because they're the Jazz. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. 
it's been years of not like they've been a bad team. They're consistently no. right there in the pack, but it's like the Jazz. You don't get a lot of like now. Spider Mitchell, obviously Donovan Mitchell has he's the real thing. He's yeah. He he's giving them some flair. He's giving yeah. them like okay, I want to watch this. But he's scary. Like I'll, I'll be honest, Kirk. When I when he's got the ball in his hands. I'm worried. You know, you've heard me say this a million times. Mm-hmm. When we watch the football games together, nobody scares me more than Russell Wilson does. Russell yes, Wilson same. really scares same. me when he's got yep. the ball in his hands. Donovan Mitchell's got a little bit of that. I'm not saying he's the best player in the league. I don't think Russell Wilson's the best player in the league. But when it just comes to, oh, no, this guy's going to do something, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell falls, in that, falls into that category. He's so explosive, too. That's another thing. He's so explosive. So when you watch him, you're like, uh-oh, because he can shoot it. He can drive to the basket. He's got great handle, plays a little defense. So, yeah, I I get it, but there is something that has to happen for him to get over the hump. And I think what last year, them losing to Denver mm-hmm. definitely hurt them <laughs> yeah. because it could have put him on a bigger stage that people can start to follow a little bit more, but – yeah, it's just something about Utah, uh, the Jazz. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't fit. Well, here, here's here's the other part too. Like we were talking about uh, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert's not scary. Right. The, the, I, go, going into a game, you're never thinking, uh oh, we got to deal with Rudy Gobert. It doesn't mean he's not right. good. He is. It doesn't mean that he's not an all star. He is. It means that he's not scary. And this is why I always try – you've heard me say this before too. I try to look at it from the other team going up against my team. Is there anything scarier than going into a game and knowing that you have to deal with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? That both of those guys are terrifying in their own right, and you've got to deal with both of them? That's why the, the Nets and the Lakers are such heavy favorites because Kevin Durant and James Harden is terrifying. LeBron James and Anthony Davis is terrifying. Rudy Gobert didn't scare anybody. <laughs> they're, they're, they're Joe Inglis. <laughs> yeah, Joe Inglis. <laughs> I mean, Joe Inglis. He's pretty Inglis. good. He's got a YMCA <laughs> game, but he's, it's, a good, it's a good YMCA game. He's a good player. Like I'm just saying, like, but he's not going to scare you, though. You no, know of course I mean? not. Like, there's a reason why the Boston Celtics went and got that big three. Right, because that that was sort of what changed the evolution of the NBA, because now you start to realize like you cannot win championships in this era of the NBA unless you've got three guys who mm-hmm. can get it done. Now the Lakers last year they got it done obviously with Anthony Davis and LeBron, but we can give a lot of credit to a uh, playoff Rondo who has been there before. Sure, they the, their third piece was a multiple guys who formed that one piece. Yes, you get what I mean. But for a majority, we've seen that you have to have three guys play at an elite level in order to win a championship, right? Toronto did it with Van Fleet and and Lowry. (laughs) Or actually it was uh, Pascal Siakam was the guy who elevated with Kawhi and and, Kyle Yeah, the third guy doesn't have to be like a Ray Allen level guy. Right. But it 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 needs to be somebody. And it doesn't have to be the same guy every night. Like with the Lakers are a great example. Last year... One night it would be Rondo. The next night yep. it would be KCP. KCP. You know, one other yeah. night it might be Caruso. That Their third guy would kind of rotate, but the third the, you need to have a third option on any given night. Why you even say Kuzma, do. though? Why you even say Kuzma? 
You know, I, I get heat for this, Kirk. I, I'm not a Kuzma guy. I, I'm just I'm just not. He's so wild. He's your Jared Goff for the Lakers? No, I like Kuzma more than I like Goff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. But but he's just he, – you just never you, – you might get 25 from him one night, and there may be another night where you – Forget that he's even out there. I mean, yeah. and, and that that you can't have that. You can't have a guy as talented as Kyle Kuzma have multiple games where you almost forget he's even on the floor. Yeah, you can't do that, man. Like you just, I mean, you got to show up. And I think that's where, when I think of like Utah, I know what I'm going to get, and it doesn't necessarily necessarily scare me each and every time. But when it, with the Lakers, you know what it is, and I think that's why we we think we're going to see a Lakers versus Nets because at any given night you've got to deal with, you know, that many guys, three guys, two guys. And then on top of that, the ability to still be able to win games when one of your superstars is out mm-hmm. or two of your superstars is out, which we've seen like Brooklyn do on multiple occasions. We've seen the Lakers stay afloat when with Anthony Davis out. You know, they did go on a little losing streak, but, you know, obviously they had to figure it out. Uh, they, they make some They'll adjustments and they're fine. But it, it's it's – it's that part in the NBA where, like, you know who the real teams are. And right now, I'm not looking at records. I don't care who's the number one seed or who's the eight. All that stuff really does not matter this year. I'm just looking at players right now. I'm looking at players who I believe in because as much as Giannis is playing this all-star game, I know what it looks like when Giannis gets to the playoffs. You're, Big, you're not ben fooling Simmons. me. Put, put Ben Simmons in that Ooh. exact same category. They're not fooling me. No. Well, I'm going to give Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt because he got a new coach. But if it don't work out again this year where they go in that deep playoff run. Every time they need to take Ben Simmons out of a game, they figure out a way to do it. When when you can't – look, ba- basketball is three things. You got to be able to dribble. You got to be able to score. You got to be able to play defense. He can Correct. only do – when you can't do one of those – and score is not even the right word. You got to be able to shoot. And he, he not only can't shoot, he won't shoot. And we've seen it time and time again where when it comes down to it, when he won't pull the trigger, they're in trouble. Mm. He better figure it out soon, because I tell you this, he's gonna be. Uh, remember, he kept saying, "Can it work? Can it work?" Well, we'll see. He's an all star, though. He's, he's I'll give an him un- he's an unbelievable talent to be sure, but he's missing a huge part of his game. All right. So, what do Jay Glazer, Baker Mayfield, and Kurt Menefee have in common? I'm going to tell you next, Kirk. That's coming up. Travis and Sliwa. Kirk's in for Slee. Seven ten ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So what have we covered? We've talked about Jared Goff. We've talked about Matt Stafford and the Rams' chances to go to the Super Bowl. We spent a lot of times talking about the Lakers and whether or not they want to uh, add Blake Griffin. Uh, we talked about fans in the stands, Kirk, and we spent, if we're being honest, most of the time talking about food. That's a pretty good show, I think. That's a good show. That's a great show, actually. You got them all. You I got, think you're you, right. You've covered everything. That's why. You know what we're missing? What are we missing? Aliens. You ready? <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. All right. So Baker Mayfield says that he saw a UFO. I want to I wanna read you uh, something that he said. 
Almost 100%. Em and I just saw a UFO drop straight out of the sky on our way home from dinner. We stopped and looked at each other and asked if either of us saw it. Very bright ball of light going straight down out of the sky towards Lake Travis. Did anybody else witness this? Here's Jay Glazer you know, from Fox NFL talking about when he was out uh, with Kurt Menefee. We had to drive from Olive Branch, Mississippi to some casino, me and Kurt, and I swear to you, we saw a UFO. I'm telling you, we saw something. Obviously, it's some military thing they're working on because it was this thing that it looked like a stealth, but it was hovering. We thought it was the top of a water tower. So did these guys go out and party and have too much fun, or did these guys see UFOs, Kirk? Because I'm going to tell you right now, I, I have never seen one. I hope to never see one, but I am 100% convinced that they're out there. Yeah, um, I I know I am. I'm convinced that there is something. Um, with all this, you know, perseverance, is that what it's called? Perseverance? The, 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 um, the, that landed on the Mars? Rover? Yeah, the rover yeah, on Mars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you know, I've been watching it and trying to keep into it, listening to the sounds of what's going on on Mars. And uh-huh. there has to be something out there. I, I I don't know what it is or where it's at, Travis, but it just seems that something may be out there. We don't know what it is. Um, it it could have been. Did you ever see that video, ago. Kirk? Which one of of um those two Navy fighter pilots? They're up in their their fighter jets, and they're recording. You know, they have like a video camera or whatever it is up on one of those things. I'm sure they've got some pretty sophisticated equipment. And they're tracking this thing that's just zigzagging all over the place. And you can hear the pilots talking about it. And they say, I don't know what that is. It's moving way too fast for me to catch. Keep in mind, this is a fighter jet that can't keep up with whatever it is that's zipping across the sky. And these guys, I I would think that guys that are flying fighter jets are pretty serious dudes. They're pretty sober. They're pretty serious. And they're pretty (laughs) good about what they're doing. And if they're looking at something saying, I don't know what the hell that is, and neither does anybody else. And the Department of Defense ever say, yeah, we don't know what that was. That's pretty damn scary. Man, they know something is out there. Seriously. I think I read <laughs> it, uh, like some pilots were flying over New Mexico. And on, on their, their talk back, you could hear them saying, I don't know what that is. They saw something. Yes, I, I heard that too. <laughs> They're like, I don't know what that is. And so I'm hearing that way too much. Um, it is funny, though, because I've had – so I guess my son, they're, they're doing, they're talking about like stuff in outer space, obviously, because they were talking about, um, you know, landing on Mars. And like, so, you know, all the kids at school were watching it. And so now he's like, well, can I go see a comet? I want to go look outside for a comet. And I'm like, hey, dude, uh, comets just don't just drop on you like every day. Like comets <laughs> right. don't just have, but like, I want to go see one. Where can we go see one? I'm like, you can't like, I'm trying to tell him comets happen um maybe once every what five years travis 10 years 50, yeah, i, I, I no can't idea. say people are like well they said comets fall all the time i was like look man, i don't know let me go find you a little telescope or something you go look for <laughs> comets or something i don't know like i don't know what yeah, to take tell them you to the griffith park observatory <laughs> see what they have to say about it seriously man but i mean obviously there is something up there i don't know what it is it's maybe just our earth's rotation um which still just i just it, it, it baffles me travis that why are we still doing daylight savings time <laughs> well, that yeah. Look, I, I like, don't why, know. Why do we I, change the clock? Why don't we just I, I keep think, the clock the same? Like Arizona, I, goes, I get it. <laughs> Arizona, and Indiana. Those <laughs> are the only change. two places. 
They don't yeah, change. No, they, Why? They Why does everybody else have to change? Because they're better than us. They, they, they've, <laughs> got, they've got that feed. Look, I, I am a native Californian. I love being a Californian, all those things, but daylight savings time is real stupid. It is. <laughs> let's just let's just I'm leave the real. clock where it is. I don't I don't need that week of where I feel like I've gotten a tranquilizer dart in my neck because I can't get up in the morning. I already have to get up pretty early in the morning as it is. I don't need to move it up an hour. Well, you got one more week. I know. <laughs> it's coming know. fast, quick. I'm like, come on, like why? So of all this that we're doing with space and the way that the earth rotates and the the, the amount of sunlight and moonlight that we get like, can't we just figure out how do we keep the clocks the same? Like, well, please. I think I don't know if it's a matter of figuring it out. I just think we have to leave them. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, leave just, it. just don't touch leave it. it there. And we're good. <laughs> it'll it'll get a little bit lighter in the summer and a little yeah. bit darker in the winter, and that's just how it goes. Not not that big of a deal, right? Yeah, just don't touch it, please. Just don't touch it. That's what I'm saying. Just don't touch it. Leave it alone. So what, don't touch it. What does it mean if your quarterback Baker Mayfield comes back in the camp and he, he's a he's a believer in aliens? Do you do you like that? Do you dig that? Do you wish he kept it to himself? For instance, if Matt Stafford on his first day coming in L.A. He signs a deal, he's here, he's ready to go. All right, first yeah. camp, and he holds his first program. Hey, Kirk or uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Matt, how was your first day with, with the Rams? It's pretty good, but I got to tell you, on my way in, I saw a flying saucer. I mean, would that make you feel a little weird, right? Yeah, that's going to be – come on, man. Like, are you playing? Are you for real? <laughs> kind of similar to remember, like, Kyrie Irving's the, the, the world is flat comment. Remember that? Yeah, but he's he's just a weirdo. He's, he's always saying weird stuff. I, Ky, like, if Kyrie said he saw a, a UFO, I'd be like, yeah, sure you did. But if Kevin Durant told me he saw one, I'd start listening. Yeah, there's certain guys. LeBron – but see, LeBron did a Space Jam, so – he may have a different take on outer space because he's Ooh. done a movie about outer space. Did you see the plot for Space Jam? I saw it written down somewhere the other day. Have you seen that? I have not. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So are you yeah. saying it's not going to be as good as the original? I'm just saying I read it like four times trying to figure out what the hell they were talking about. And I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. So I, like, I'll see it because I love LeBron and, right. and I want to support LeBron. But my goodness, it, would, it, it was gibberish. It didn't make any sense at all. Come on, man. Don't do that to me. Well, it just looks cool, by the way. I say the graphics. Well, of course, it looks cool. cool. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely looks cool. All right, you have a little bit of an announcement to make. I want to come back. I want to talk about your new show that it's coming up. We're going to get into that next. It's coming up. Travis and Sliwa. Kirk is in for Slee. Seven ten. ESPN. All right, Kirk. So uh, Jesse Lopez, our fearless producer, found the uh, description of the Space Jam plot. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm really asking, are you ready for this? Because it's going to make your head hurt. You ready? I tried to skim it, but I'll let you read it (laughs) because I'm not even. All right. So this is the Space Jam 2 plot. Playing a heightened version of himself, James struggles to relate to Cedric, Joe Dom's, LeBron's son, who's much more interested in creating games than playing them. When Dom's tech skills draw the attention of a CGI humanoid named Algie Rhythm, played by Don Cheadle, <laughs> the father-son duo gets sucked into the Warner 3000 Entertainment serververse with the AI kidnapping Dom in the hopes of stealing some of the King's followers. Cheadle doesn't consider Algie a bad guy, but rather an AI with a chip on his shoulder. He makes you want to run out and buy a ticket, no? Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what that means. Oh, it sounds like some tech math like all kind of stuff that i'm actually trying to stiff arm 
You know what I mean? Right. Like a lot of stuff. I'm like, wait, what was that again? It's oh, it's a al- lot. Algorithm and CGI's and al no not algorithm algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, <laughs> you got to pay attention. It's al- not- <laughs> algorithm. Okay, <laughs> algorithm. I don't know if that's algorithm or just a guy named Al that's got rhythm. It could, it could it's be the algorithm to me. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think that's what they were going for. All right, so you got a new show coming up, don't you? A little football show here on uh, 710. Well, I, I got to say this just, just to start, Travis. Um, living in Los Angeles, we are, um, we're spoiled, um, really. Very spoiled to have so much success when it comes to um, our sports teams. You know, mm-hmm. I live in Los Angeles. I didn't, I, you know, grew up in the Bay Area, but I've lived in Los Angeles you know, the last 15 years of my life. And being here, it's you're, you're spoiled, meaning that when certain seasons are done, you literally just flip to the next season. Yeah. And some that just they just they just continue all all the way on. I've lived in different markets where uh, when I lived in Buffalo, it was Buffalo Bills football 365 with a little bit of Buffalo Sabres. Okay, okay. <laughs> like that that was every day. Right. Okay. Same they have that bar a, with the ice top. That that's the only thing I remember from my one trip to Buffalo. Yeah, everybody was, was very excited to show me that bar with the ice top. Not much. Not much. No, uh, not not that <laughs> impressive. Buffalo, sorry. Um, I played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, love my time there. I was only there for a year, but it's Jaguars football a little year round, and it's an SEC territory and country. They love the SEC teams more than they love the Jaguars, to oh, be sure. honest. Right? Oh, sure. You know, the University of Florida, not too far. Georgia's actually a couple-hour drive up the road. So, you know, a lot of their talk is around football, whereas that when football when football season's over, there's, you know, no Dodger games or there's no Laker games. And so I, I, I preface that by saying here in Los Angeles, you know, football is over. No, Chargers didn't make the playoffs. Rams made it to the division around. And once the season was over – it's right into the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. And then right after that, it's into the defending World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. But there is a place for football. And to get your football weekly, um, I'll be hosting a two-hour show every Saturday following the great Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. starting April 3rd. I am uh, so excited to bring you uh, just football talk in Los Angeles. Talking already heavy on the Rams for sure. Sure. A uh, little bit on the Chargers, get into some college, a little high school. It is just really going to be a football-centric show. We'll have a couple of bits and things that we'll do weekly, but I'm, I'm excited for it, Travis, because it's right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, no, you'll do a great job on that. I mean, you 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 are as big a football fan as anybody I've ever I've ever met. They, you know, all you and I'll text once in a while, and I'll ask you college football. Bam, you're right on it. You know the answer to the question right away. So I'm I'm excited to hear that. Um, you you mentioned you talked a little bit about the Chargers on that show too. What did you think? You know, you and I haven't talked about it since it happened. Brandon yeah. Staley getting that head coaching job for the Chargers, just kind of you know walking down the hallway from the Rams locker room down to the Charger locker room. That this is happening fast. He went to from a little known assistant to a coordinator spot to a head coaching spot like that and it just goes to show you not only did Brandon Staley do a good job and earn that position but what people think of coaches coming out of Sean McVay's tree he's already Mm -hmm. put more guys in this league than most guys have in a lifetime and Sean McVay's only been a head coach for five years you know Travis I didn't understand it at first especially the first couple years when McVay was uh the head coach um honestly I learned this last year 
Honestly, I did. I learned this last year. I was at the coaching convention. You know me. I'm always trying to find something. Well, I want to learn something, you know. So I went to a coaches convention last year, college coaches, NFL coaches, you know, all around. And I remember sitting down at one of the seminars, the head coach, he's up there speaking. And he was talking about why do you think certain schools tend to have so much turnover in their coaching staff? Mm. He says it's because the word culture said some people say think culture is like culture is is this or culture is about winning and culture is they know culture is about structure culture mm. is about discipline culture is about this is the way that we do things it's it works and the people who come they fall in line with our culture and that's what i see from Sean McVay and Brandon Staley bro Brandon Staley came in he's a part of now of that culture and he had success within the culture and it wasn't far from a team that actually shares the same building and said, hey, hey, what they're doing, I want that. I, I want to do what they're doing. They're having a lot of success. We're not having that same success. I, what can we do? What can? How can we have some of that culture? So Brandon Staley will bring some of the culture that he's had with McVay in his one year and try to bring some of the magic that he's learned, but also what he's been able to do um, as a coach so far, right? He knows the yeah. division well, you know, being with the Broncos. So it helps, uh, you know, being with the Broncos prior to the Rams. So it helps for him. But, yeah, uh, definitely one that was a shocker. I didn't expect him to rise so fast from being a position coach, a one-year coordinator, and then now he's a head coach. Quick rise for Brandon Staley. Yeah, and good for him, and, you know, I hope he does well. But, I think it speaks to Sean McVay more than anything because think about what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. That the the word you were saying, culture. That Sean McVay came in and changed the culture of the Rams almost instantly. The Rams were stale, Kirk. That first year when they were back, they 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 were really stale, and and in large part because Jeff Fisher was stale. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him. He had a a a fabulous run as a head coach in this league. Did it for twenty plus years. And, And Everybody likes Jeff Fisher. This is not an attack on him, but the the team was stale. The, the The talent felt stale. The system felt stale. The culture felt stale. And then McVay comes in and just in, in the snap of the finger changes everything. And he goes out and he gets Wade Phillips. And he goes out and keeps, you know, John Fossil and just some guys that are really good assistant coaches. Well, those guys move on. And you're saying, okay, let's see what it is now. And now all of a sudden, you got Brandon Staley who comes in, like you said, out of nowhere. He turns him into a head coach right away. We've seen um, uh, the guy in Cincinnati whose name is, is it Zach, Zach Brown? Taylor. Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur in Green Bay who goes to an NFC championship game in his second year. And it just speaks to not only is Sean McVay a really good coach, not only is he good at identifying other good coaches, which is an incredible skill in and of itself to be able to realize, you know what, that guy knows what he's doing. Let's bring him over here. But it also has these guys move on to the next spot, and he can go out and find the next group of guys. That's as, that's almost as important, Kirk, as being able to write up an offense or coach a quarterback or whatever, but being able to say, I want that coach, I want that coach, and I want that coach. And if he's saying that a guy like Raheem Morris is the right guy to run the, the defense, then Raheem Morris is the right guy to run the defense because he hasn't made a bad choice in this regard. No, he hasn't. Um, all his choices, they all – are guys who he knows, he respects. Um, they fall in line. I mean, Sean McVay has been um, 
I guess, uh, beyond his years when it comes to this coaching thing. It seems like he's done it before, right? He's only been a head coach now five years, Travis. Think, well, mm-hmm. actually four years. <laughs> I think he's only been a head coach four years in the NFL. He's never Crazy. had a losing season. He's made the playoffs three out of four, four times. Like, it's just – it's crazy to think how much success that he's had and the guys who are around him who he's brought on. And so next year it'll be the same thing with his next next cycle of coaches. It's very similar to Bill Belichick. I mean, we've seen Patriot coaches go by, but a lot of it goes to the winning culture, being able to do more with less. Now, the Rams, I'm not saying they, they have less, but – they've been able to get out of some some bad situations. I mean, people forget they were paying Ty Gurley and Brandon Cooks this year, mm-hmm. and yet they still found a way to have a three-headed monster at running back, right? Now this year, they're going to be having to pay Jared Goff, and they'll figure it out again. You think like, it changes, Kirk? Let, let, let's let's say, and, and I really don't think this is going to happen, but, you know, it, it's the NFL. You just never really know, and injuries are the ultimate wild card in that league. But if it doesn't work, let's say the Rams have a season where they're eight and eight, or they're nine and seven, and they miss the playoffs, or or whatever it might be. That they just it just doesn't pop the way that we think it's going to pop with Matt Stafford. Does right. that land on Sean McVay? Because so far through this, there has been very little, if any, criticism directed at Sean McVay. Like you said, when you win all the time, there's just not going to be much criticism to begin with. But they made a bold move. They made a bold move with Gurley, and it worked out. They made a bold move. With Jared Goff, we're going to find out whether or not it works out. But let's say that maybe it doesn't. Does that land back on McVay? Um, I think this one does, finally. I think regardless of what happened with um, with Goff, it didn't fall on McVay because he didn't draft him. Ultimately, mm-hmm. this decision will basically fall on McVay because he green-lighted it. He said this is the guy who's going to run our offense. So the next part of his coaching cycle or his coaching tenure with the Rams his first four years are the golf years his next hopefully four years will be now the Stafford years and we'll see what that looks like but this is his quarterback so what happens with the Rams these next as long as Stafford's the quarterback falls right on the shoulders of Sean McVay not on Matthew Stafford but on Sean McVay's yeah, it's. I don't think that everybody's talking about. Oh, there's a ton of pressure on Stafford. A ton of pressure no, on Stafford. Not at all. And, and there, there's some just because he's yeah. the quarterback of a good team. And the, Correct. Inherent. There's some pressure. There's some pressure there. But the pressure is on McVeigh, and the pressure's on Les Snead. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> look, th- those guys in conjunction, they decided to give Jared Goff all that money. They just didn't just snap their fingers and do it. They they had a conversation. Is this our guy? The decision obviously was yes, he is because they gave him all that money. And then less than a year later, he's in Detroit and they got a new guy. And the price of getting him out was giving away a couple of draft picks. The pressure's on those guys more than it is on Stafford. Yeah, true. But at the same time, Sean McVay, better figure it out, buddy. He will. ASAP. <laughs> I'm not worried. If, if they're in Sean McVay, I trust. Kirk, it was good to talk to you again. Good luck with the new show. I'm sure we will do this before too long. Me and Slee are back next Tuesday. We'll see you then.